Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. up guys welcome to an episode of the best life podcast so it is jill here and i'm doing a solo episode today i am going to try and keep this kind of short and sweet so you guys can get some takeaways and you can get some tools and you can move on with your life but after our last episode or danny and i did a couple of episodes on food obsession and adrenal fatigue and uh, excessive dieting chronic dieting things like that and there was a huge response based on those couple episodes that we did and so i wanted to follow up maybe with just a little bit of a mini episode all on the concept of intuitive eating. So I know that this phrase is getting thrown around quite a bit. And one of the things that is a frustration of mine, especially you know someone who kind of preaches Moderation 365 and, and has done a lot of work in the nutrition realm, is coaches just saying, well, just eat when you're hungry or you know, just listen to your body or just eat intuitively. And I think for someone maybe like Danny and I, who have a history of yo-yo dieting and doing a lot of really strict dieting. So whether or not you ever got up on stage, whether or not you were ever a competitor, I think even if you are, in, you know, you've reached adulthood and you've probably done dozen, dozens of diets like most of us have, I think for someone to tell you just to eat when you're hungry, which essentially is kind of intuitive eating, right? Uh, For them to tell you just eat when you're hungry leaves a lot to be desired and it's very short-sighted. And so when someone says, well, just eat intuitively, the follow-up question always is how? Okay, but how? How do you do that? And so I wanted to take a second to first just define it for you guys. So what is eating intuitively? So it really, it comes down to eating according to your biofeedback sensations. So literally eating based on how hungry you are, eating based on how, you know, how much you're craving or what you're craving, eating based on your satiety or your fullness, eating according to your level of satisfaction. Uh, eating according to le- your level of, you know, maybe even just eating according to your uh, where you are in your menstrual cycle. All of these kind of things, which take into account uh, your physiology. And a lot of it comes down to getting back in touch with those sensations. So if you have a history of yo-yo dieting and a history of chronic dieting, you might have just historically always eaten according to a clock. So you go, I know Danny and I was like, we eat at seven, we eat at 10, we eat at one, we eat at four, we eat at seven. And, you know, for us, that was just what you did. You didn't ever ask yourself like, am I still hungry? How full am I? Well, first of all, I was starving all the time and it would take like 30 seconds to scarf down a meal. And then I'd be like, I have two hours and 59 minutes left until I eat again. And so I think sometimes, and I've said this before, I do believe that strict dieting or dieting with a lot of really kind of strict rules does make us stupider because it takes away our ability to be in touch with our sensations. So if I'm eating according to a clock At no time am I ever going, how hungry am I right now? Or how full do I feel? Or am I craving something right now? I'm never asking myself that question. And so intuitive eating is going, 
eating according to your physiology and your biofeedback and how you actually feel in your body. And so many of us have uh, have uh, lost the ability to tap into those things. So the first part of intuitive eating really is getting back in touch with those things, getting back in touch with your hunger, getting back in touch with your cravings, getting back in touch with your energy levels throughout the day, getting back in touch with how full you feel after a meal. And so the, the Mac Daddy tool when it comes to intuitive eating is mindfulness. And it's one of those words, just like moderation, just like intuitive eating that I kind of hate because again, people throw around the word mindfulness. Oh, just be mindful. And we've, you know, most of us have probably heard of the book, Mindless Eating. And so mindfulness is just like, cool, what is that though? Or our eyes gloss over because we're like, yeah, yeah, mindfulness, blah, blah, blah. We don't really know how to practice it. And so mindfulness really is, I hate it. I love it. I love the concept because it is what works, but I hate it because I feel like the concept is so overused that most of us don't really take it into consideration or take it into account. So I want to define mindfulness for you. And then also I want to teach you a couple of tools and strategies to start becoming more mindful and start getting back in, in touch with those sensations in your body. So mindfulness really very simply is a low level of automated thinking that is going on all the time. So it is literally just going, how hungry am I right now? Could I eat? Could I wait a little bit? You know, should I, do I want to eat within the next hour? Am I craving something? Cool. What am I craving? I think one of the things that can be confusing, especially for women is that you know, typically we tend to maybe crave more or we're hungrier leading up to our menses. And if we're not in touch with that, we don't really have any control over it. And so once you start to practice mindfulness, you go, you kind of start to notice, wow, I'm just actually hungrier today. I'm hungrier these couple of days. And then you can look and verify with your cycle and go, oh, it's probably because I'm getting ready to, you know, get ready to have my period. And so that alone is a sense of mindfulness, of just being aware that these things are changing and it's okay. And so mindfulness, again, low level of what I consider to be automated thinking all the time. It's automated, which means it's going on all the time and it doesn't take a lot of effort. To me, someone asked me, what's the difference between mindfulness if it's about thinking about stuff uh, and obsession? The two are actually opposites. So when you're in an obsessed place and you're thinking about food all the time, it's this constant like, how many more grams of protein do I have to get? How many more ounces of water do I have to drink? How many more minutes till I can eat again? You know, what am I, like you're constantly counting and measuring it and doing the mental calculations. That is obsession. What mindfulness is, is yes, it's thinking, but it is automated thinking. It's like just, it's literally going, yeah, I could eat in an hour. That's automated thinking versus, oh my God, I can't wait to like, I'm, I'm white knuckling it to get to four o'clock so I can finally eat. And so I think a lot of us are scared to maybe be more mindful or eat more intuitively because we don't trust ourselves. Jill, if I only eat when I'm hungry, I'm going to be eating all day because I'm starving all day. And I get that. But what is really interesting about the body's physiology is that it does adapt and change based on how you treat it. So for example, if you start eating according to your hunger, your physiology does adapt and it down regulates your hunger at other times. So right now, chances are that maybe you're craving a lot and you're hungry all the time because you're restricting because you're you know, counting and measuring and doing all those things and you're depriving your physiology. So of course you're gonna be starving all the time. But if you start to get more in tune with your body sensations and eat, so some people you know, maybe eat more food, like I'll give you guys an example. I didn't know this about myself until I started really like getting more mindful. 
I am super hungry between the hours of like 11 and four every day, like between 11 and four, I could eat all my meals then. In the morning, I'm not really hungry. I'll have coffee. I do intermittent fasting, just works for me. I've been doing it for a few years now. I don't think that it needs to work for you. I don't think it has to be something that you have to do, but it does work for me. And then I just want to eat constantly for like five hours. And then after that, I could take or leave dinner. And so I think without having done mindfulness work, I would not have come to that. But if I had tried to resist eating between the hours of 11 and four, because it wasn't quote time to eat yet, then I would be starving by nighttime. And I'd probably end up binging versus just honoring what my natural physiology wanted me to do. And it did even out. It all came out in the wash because I'm not hungry at night. And so I do naturally can uh, consume less calories at night because I've given my physiology what it wants. And so uh, I think when we talk about mindfulness, it really is just awareness It's just awareness of your hunger levels on a scale from one to 10, your cravings, maybe on a scale from one to 10, and also maybe what you're craving, Uh, your energy level on a scale from one to 10. Are you having mid-afternoon slumps? Do you feel more energetic in the morning? Do you feel more energetic at night? Is it up and down or is it pretty even throughout the day? Your level of fullness. This is really key when we talk about having a meal and eating to something like 80% fullness. What does that feel like? I find that most people who are not mindful only register two levels. They either are starving or stuffed. That's it. They only register starving. And by the time they register starving, they're like hangry and want to eat everything in sight. That's how I used to be. And then they eat, 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 continuous meal. And then all of a sudden they find themselves stuffed, right? How you guys have probably had the experience of your eyes are bigger than your stomach. You're out to dinner. And before you know it, literally you have to unbutton your pants. That's where most of us ping pong back and forth from starving to stuffed. What mindfulness does is it breaks down that spectrum. On one hand, you have starving. On the other hand, you have stuffed and breaks it down into like 10 equal parts, right? There's 10% fullness. There's 20% fullness. There's 30% fullness all the way up to 80, 90% fullness. Of course, this is not objective because we can't measure fullness. It's a sensation, But eating to 80% fullness is where you're not stuffed into your clothes. And stopping at 80% fullness, whatever that feels like to you, is a practice in mindfulness. Because again, most of us don't register that. We don't stop until we're 100% full. And so 80% fullness is going, you know what? I could eat more, but I'm good. That's 80%. To me, I could still eat more. That's the cue for me. To be at 80% fullness, I could still eat more, but I'm satisfied. And so mindfulness really comes down to being in touch with those, those satiety signals and just noticing. And so I know maybe this for you, if you have a chronic diet, you know, you've been a chronic dieter like I was, yo-yo dieter, eating according to a clock, eating to, according to a bunch of rules and stuff, this can feel impossible. It's like, Jill, yeah, I get it, but it sounds nice, but I could never do that. You don't understand. I, I, don't, I can't stop myself. If I have one cookie, I have to eat the whole bag. If I have a handful of chips, I have to eat the whole thing. I can't just have one slice of pizza. I need to eat three slices, right? Most of us can't stop that. But what mindfulness does is it's checking in with those things, going, okay, I'm going to have a piece of pizza and then I'm just going to see how I feel, right? And so one of the ways that Danny and I do this or we practice this, especially if we're out to dinner together in a group, is oftentimes we will share something. And so we'll, and at first it's kind of tough because you're like, I'm kind of hungry and I kind of want to have my own. And like, maybe this isn't going to be enough food. So we have that like food FOMO response, right? Maybe there's not going to be enough. You feel a little bit of scarcity. But then when the meal comes and we split it, 
10 times out of 10, I feel satisfied. But I always tell myself if I don't feel satisfied by half a portion, then I can always order more right? So I still know that I can order more if I want to, but one of the practices that we've been doing, and again, sometimes it's hard because you're like, ah, I just want my own fucking meal. Like you're just, you're hungry. But when you split it and start there, I think you can start practicing getting to 80% fullness without overdoing it. Sure. Could you eat more? Yes. But you feel good. And so some of the things that mindfulness, so some of the like physical check-ins include things like hunger and scale from one to 10 cravings on a scale from one to 10, satisfaction on a scale from one to 10. And I think satisfaction can be a little bit confusing. Again, because it's subjective, what does satisfaction eight out of 10, nine out of 10, 10 out of 10, what does that look like? I can tell you what it doesn't look like. It does not look like stuffed. So I think one of the things that we think about when we talk about satisfaction is, gee, Jill, you know, I could have a dozen donuts and I'd be, that would satisfy the hell out of me. It's not. It's satisfied, not stuffed. Because I don't know about you guys, but when I'm stuffed and I eat all that stuff and I'm, I'm like, I have to unbutton my pants, that's not satisfying. That's stressful, right? So satisfaction is really navigating the middle between deprived and super stuffed and overindulging. Satisfaction is that middle space where you go, you know, I could eat more. This food is delicious, but I'm going to stop because I feel good. One, another example to give you guys is um, Danny and I love this place in LA called Kava, C-A-V-A. I know a lot of you guys know it. We've posted about it before and people are like, they have Kava in my town. I love Kava here in LA. I get it almost every single day. And basically it's kind of like a Mediterranean salad bowl. It has like greens and you can get rice and you can get a ton of different vegetables on top and protein. And like, honestly, you get so much food for $10. The thing is so big. But I always tell Danny, and it tastes so good. I always tell her, it's like 10 bites too much. The bowl that you get is like 10 to 15 bites, like too much. On days when you're starving and you finish it, you're like, oh, like I'm a little bit too full. Like that was a, like a little bit overdid it. But when you stop and it's so hard because it tastes so good, when you stop with like, and both of us look at each other like, okay, I'm going to stop now. And we stop with like 10, 15 bites left and we put it back into the fridge and we grab it later it's like within, I would say within like 20 seconds of putting it back in the fridge, you don't even think about it. So it's get it. It's that practice of like stopping. You could eat more, but you're good. And it's that literally surfing that like 20 seconds of putting it back into the fridge and then moving on with your life. And then a couple hours later, I'll go back and finish it. So for me, it's not about depriving myself. It's not about going, oh, I, you know, I, th- I'm being bad. I need to put this away. It's literally just a practice in mindfulness. It's a practice in, in eating to 80% fullness. So I think that sometimes where the misconception is, gee, Jill, what's the big deal? Just finish the salad. It's only a salad, right? That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about, because that would be fine too. The outcome of eating the entire salad would be absolutely fine. We're not saying it's bad to finish the salad. It's just that I don't want to feel stuffed. I want to feel satisfied and not stuffed. And so that's really an example of mindfulness is go, is having the awareness of, you know, I could finish the salad and it's fine. It's not that it's unhealthy, but I know I'm going to just feel uncomfortable if I do. So I'm going to put it back. And of course, it's like a treat that you get to have later. Even if you just put it in there for like 30 minutes and take out the rest and eat the rest 30 minutes later, you're circumventing that feeling of stuffed. I always say that I haven't felt stuffed and like seven years because since I've started eating moderately, I never feel like I need to 
stuff myself because I'm more mindful. So mindfulness really is that Mac Daddy practice. So how do you start getting in touch with those signals? If you are a chronic dieter, someone who maybe eat according to a clock, maybe you had all sorts of rules and you never let yourself get hungry because if you let yourself get hungry, then you didn't, you couldn't trust yourself, right? You can't trust yourself around certain foods. So some of the practices that I do, again, remember mindfulness is just checking in with your body sensations. That's all it is. It's checking in with your body sensations and having the awareness of cool, like literally um, an example of mindfulness is going, I'm starting to get hungry. I probably want to eat within the next hour. That's it. That's a mindfulness practice. And if you can have that awareness, then you have the next hour to put together a healthy option versus work, 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 work. Like maybe you have your head down, you're at work, and then all of a sudden you look up and it's five o'clock and you're starving, right? Like that's not mindfulness. What mindfulness is, is, go, is checking in with your body and going, cool, like I'm, I'm starting to get hungry. I probably want to eat within the next hour. What am I going to get? What am I going to have? And that is a very preventative approach too. It's like, cool, what's, you know, it's very preparing in your mind. So really mindfulness is kind of the ultimate in control. A lot of times we diet because we want to be in control. Mindfulness is the ultimate in control because you always know on that scale from one to 10, how hungry you are. If you're craving something, how satisfied do you feel? How stuffed do you feel? And so those little mental check-ins go a long way. So a couple of ways that you can start to practice this, even to just to check in with your body sensations. Number one is you can set your phone. If you have a smartphone, you can set your maybe alarm to go off every three hours. So you can set it to go off every three hours, not so that you can eat every three hours, but that you can, it's a prompt to check in. And so if you have your alarm on your phone, it goes off every three hours. All you need to do is ask, how hungry am I on a scale from one to 10 right now? cool. What's my plan? That's it. Am I craving something right now? Cool. Fine. Remember, don't assign moral value. It's not bad if you're hungry. It's not bad if you're craving something. This is strictly a clinical practice. And so checking in with it and going, yeah, I'm kind of hungry. Yeah, I could, you know, I could eat a little bit. I'm craving chocolate. That's interesting, right? It's just all clinical. So you ask yourself those questions. How's my energy right now? How satisfied do I feel? How do I still feel stuff from lunch? So every three hours, you just pick a question ask yourself, check in with it, don't assign any moral value and move on with your life. And over time, you guys, literally, it doesn't take that long, a couple weeks maybe, tops doing this, you're gonna start to do it more intuitively and you won't need to have your alarm clock. Another way to do this is post-it notes. Post notes around your house, have them on your fridge, have them on your computer, have them on your mirror, in your bathroom, maybe on your steering wheel, on your car, so that as soon as you see it, you go and it just says literally, how hungry are you right now? Um, how full are you right now? How satisfied do you feel right now? It's these little mental prompts to get you to, to do that little internal assessment so that you can start doing it more and it becomes more of a habit. So that's really what mindfulness is all about. I'll share with you guys one other technique that I use for mindfulness training. And this really helped me a ton. You guys have probably heard me talk about this before. Maybe if you follow Moderation 365 or any of the nutrition content is I use something called intermittent sampling. Intermittent sampling really is just mindful snacking. It's just organized snacking. That's all it is. So I think most of us, if we tend to snack, we do so maybe at nighttime or we do some in the afternoon and we're kind of mindless about it, right? Maybe we, after dinner, just continue to graze and graze and graze and graze, or we take a bowl of chips or a bowl of ice cream or a pint of ice cream even over to the couch. We're watching a movie and then all of a sudden we look down and the whole thing's gone. Or we take a bag of chips over to the couch and before we know it, the whole bag is gone, right? So that's obviously mindless eating. Intermittent sampling is taking a portion or even a couple of bites of something mindfully 
and then putting it back. So I could do intermittent sampling with anything. I choose to use protein bars because uh, I like protein bars and like protein bars are legitimately delicious if you, if you get the right ones for you. Uh, there's a lot of really great ones in the market. Uh, so ask any of my friends, even Danny, like if they come over to my house, there's always going to be like a half protein bar somewhere. Yeah, it's like a little bit of a gross practice, but what it does is it helps me take bites and then put it back. Again, I'm not doing that because protein bars are bad for me. I'm not doing that because protein bars are a bad food. I'm literally just using it as a practice because that's what I want to eat and I don't want to eat the whole thing right now. So one very simple way that I do it is after each meal, I like to have a little bit of a sweet. So I'll just take like literally a bite or two of a protein bar that maybe has some chocolate or some peanut butter or something in it. And then I'll put it back in the cabinet after that. And so it gives me that little bit of sweet that I want after a meal. And I'm practicing taking a bite, putting it back, taking a bite, putting it back, taking a bite, putting it back. You can do this with any food. So one of the foods that I like to help people practice on is a food that they quote, don't trust themselves around. So if there's a food that you're like, oh no, 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 I can't just, I just can't even have that in my house. I just don't trust myself. I can't have any fries. I can't have any ice cream. Like I just, you don't understand. I just can't have that in my house. If that's the food, then you're going to be forced to practice mindfulness around that food. Because if we think about it, intuitive eating really is the ultimate in control. I can be around any food, anytime, anywhere, and trust myself to not have to polish the whole thing off and not overindulge and not end up binging. So intuitive eating is eating just enough to feel satisfied according to my hunger, energy, and cravings, satiety, fullness, et cetera, and then moving on with my life and not having that compulsion to overindulge because this is the last opportunity and we're going to have to get this food. And so you can use, this is actually called exposure therapy, and they use this in research to help people overcome some of their fears. Same thing you guys can do with food. So the food that you are the most kind of like nervous to be around or scared of having around, bring it to your house. And instead of trying to resist, 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 what I want you to do is give yourself permission to have a couple of bites. So if it's ice cream, I want you to, again, this is organized snacking. So what I might want you to do at nighttime is after dinner or something, maybe you go and you take a couple bites of the ice cream, the pint of ice cream, a couple of big bites, put it back in the freezer, walk away, do something else, go watch TV, pay your bills, talk to someone, get on social media, whatever you want to do. And then maybe 20 or 30 minutes later, I want you to be like, cool, I'm going to have another couple of bites. And I want you to go back to the freezer, take out the pint of ice cream, have another couple of bites put it back in the freezer, walk away, do something else. And then 20 or 30 minutes later, you're going to come back and you're going to have a couple of bites. And the whole time, the only practice is mindfulness. So the practice is not trying to resist eating the entire pint. Like, I don't care what the outcome is. Honestly, I don't care if you end up polishing off the whole thing. I care how you end up polishing off the whole thing because it's about the practice of mindfulness. It's not about the outcome. I think sometimes we're so scared of, well, Jill, but what if I eat the entire pint? Cool. Like you're not going to all the time because you're practicing mindfulness versus if you never gave yourself the opportunity to practice this, then like, good Lord, good luck to you when you're around ice cream eventually. Because all we're going to be around these foods eventually anyway. So the, t- the like level one is like avoid, avoid, avoid. The level two approach is let me see if I can start to trust myself around these foods. And I'm going to do that by allowing them to be part of my eating so that the illicitness of the food 
isn't as much anymore. So again, mindfulness is just that low level of automated thinking, that awareness, according to your body's sensations. Most of us have to relearn those things because we uh, we unlearn them from dieting culture. And now I want to, and then some practices for you guys, set your alarm every three hours to check in. You can have post-it notes. You can use intermittent sampling with the food and then exposure therapy. Those are the best things. It's not going to happen overnight. This is a practice. This is a process. But as long as you're patient, I promise you, promise you, promise you, that it will um, end up panning out. I think one of the things that's so scary is, well, Jill, if I start doing this, I don't trust myself. What if I end up overindulging every single time? Guess what? You're probably going to overindulge a couple times, but I can tell you as someone who is literally a reformed all or nothing eater, like I didn't trust myself around any food. If someone was like, well, just eat when you're hungry. I'm like, you don't understand. I'm hungry all the time. I didn't trust myself. I was 100% all or nothing. And so over time, it really does change the way that you view food. I mean, I've talked to moms who, you know, ha- whose kids have treats and sweets and chips and cookies and stuff like that in their cupboard, but because the kids always have them in there, they don't eat them. They're like, I don't even know what my kids eat. They're in there. The junk food's in there. I don't even touch it because of exposure therapy, right? So we have to start to do that with ourselves. So we're not as scared of these foods. You don't put these foods up on a pedestal. So that is intuitive eating. It is a practice. Um, I hope that that helps you define it a little bit more and then give you a couple of strategies that you can start to implement moving forward and then just get your mind right for the long run. That's really what it's about. So hopefully that's helpful for you guys. Again, if you are interested in more of this stuff, you can always, um, you know, just Google Jill Fit Moderation 365, follow the Moderation 365 account on Instagram where I teach a lot of this stuff. Um, And then also check out the four-week food obsession bootcamp, which is a course that I offer that goes way more in depth on this. A lot of examples, a lot of tools, strategies, stuff like that. If you guys Google it, you will find it. Food obsession bootcamp is that automated course if you're interested in learning more. All right, you guys, that is it for me. Hopefully this is helpful. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.